0: Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Devotion. So good to see you. Thank you. Thank you for joining in here with us today. I think this is a special edition today. And I just wanted to come to you from my heart. Something God laid on my heart. Early this morning, and I'm just believing that God, God is going to use this today. I want you to be judicious as you come on, because this is a message, I think, for the moment. And I believe it is for someone, someone struggling with a life decision, someone having to make a decision, someone trying to decide, is this the day that I am going to turn everything over to the Lord And I am going to become that person that God is longing for me to be. I I say be judicious, but don't be judicious in casting the seed. Who knows? Whoever you share this with, they share it with. Someone may come in contact with this. And this may be the day that we see tremendous things happen. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. I'm still on the road. Um, at the Urshan Symposium in St. Louis. And so I apologize for any technical difficulties. I hope we have all the bandwidth we need to come through to you today. So it's good to see you, June. Roy, it's good to have you. Mary, Ernesto, Ben, thank you for being part of this. Thank you for making this a sane place and sort of an insane world. So good Friday morning to you. This is a great, great day, February the 12th. And uh, my subject today, why not now? The candle still burns. Oh, it was about a year ago. I think we, we had a little candle burning in the corner. I should have put it there. I, I, I just feel, I feel the warmth of hope. So I do thank you for being a part of this. Rhonda, Rosalind, Bridget, thank you, Rodney, for making this a part of your life. Follow the page like the page. But most of all today, share the page. I don't know why I feel this today. I read a scripture last night uh, in my presentation, the summer's passed, the harvest is ended, and we're still not say that a season had come and gone, and there was still a change that had yet to take place. And then that reminded me of the change coming into winter, come before winter. That's what Paul told Timothy. As I entered the hotel last night, late last night, the manager met me the door and said, it's cold and it's not going to let up. It's getting colder. And I thought, what an odd thing to say. And I spent a restless night last night, just couldn't get away from the thought. It's cold and it's not going to let up. And so if you don't mind, I'm going to get lost in this thought today. And I'm going to depend on you to communicate one with another, encourage one another, share this share this far and wide in hopes that it finds its intended, its divinely intended target. Why not now? I'm supposed to ask that to somebody today. Why not now? This world has gone through a tumultuous year and I, I wonder why have you not yet responded to God? Each and every winter geese respond to a call, call called migrate, a call to move, Is it the changing temperature? Is it the something in the air? Is it the the slant of the sunshine, the position of the sun, the earth in relationship? What prompts those geese to begin their move? They respond. They move. They come. Each season, the salmon will win their way upstream, fighting against the current. Escaping predators, leaping over rocks, trying again and again after each failure to come back to their place of origin, fighting to come home, struggling to make their way back. God put that inside of them. How do they know where they came from? What instinct draws them back to that place? Questions scientists have pondered and still marvel at even to this day. But the salmon come, they respond. A homing pigeon. They know where home is. They have some sort of inner guidance system that will bring them from afar. Cherami is a bird found in the Smithsonian, so honored because of an act of bravery. The bird's name means dear friend. A century ago, an allied battalion was trapped by the enemy, and word had to get to the command post of this development After a day of fighting, only 200 soldiers left. They communicated the only way they could, through homing pigeons. But one after another, the enemy shot those pigeons down until they had one bird left. Cher Ami. They penciled a message attached to the bird's leg, and the Cher Ami started flying. The enemy started firing. Well, just stop and think about that. That's so true. Bullets whizzed around That bird, the last hope of those 200 Americans, rested on the wings of that bird. It kept flying. It was shot, but it kept flying. It flew 25 miles in 25 minutes and brought the message, and 200 lives were spared. When Jeremy finally reached home, it's Coop. He could fly no longer. But the bell rang as he entered, and the soldier tending the coops found the little bird laying on his back, blind in one eye. Missing a leg, a hole in its chest the size of a quarter, covered with blood, but with the message attached, it flew. Something inside of that bird, it flew to get home. A goose knows, a salmon knows, a homing pigeon knows that there's just something that says, I got to get back. There comes a moment in time, a season. I just have to get back. I've got to go home. I've got to return home. I've got to get back to the wells of my father. Solomon said that like a bird that strays from its nest, so does a man stray from his home. Jeremiah said storks and doves and swallows and thrushes all know when it's time to fly away for the winter and when to come back. But he said, oh, you, my people, you don't know what God is looking at. You don't know the times and the seasons. So I'm supposed to ask you this question today. Why not now? This is a week of winter where we are. Cold is gripping the nation. Polar winds flowing across our lands. Winter, winter is here. It's time to migrate. It's time to move. It's time to get to where we need to be. Time to find that locus, that place of safety. It was in the city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. For nearly 40 years it happened. The pastor of the first church there would preach the same message on the cusp of winter. And crowds would fill the building to hear Clarence McCartney preach those words. Paul telling his son in the faith. Paul in his last book that he would write in the Bible in 2 Timothy 4. He said, Timothy, do your diligence. Be diligent. Come to me. And then a few verses later, he says, do thy diligence to come before winter. Come. But come now. Why not now? Why not now to make your way? I love how Chuck Swindoll Phrase this and let his imagination roam. That Paul said, I need my cloak. I must have left it at the boat in the campus in Troas. You'll have no trouble spotting my coat, Timothy. It's an old thing. It's been on my back through many a bitter winter. It's been wet with the brine of the great sea, white with the snows of the rugged peaks of Pamphylia, gritty and brown from the dust of the Ignatian way and crimson, with my own blood from that awful stoning at Lystra. The cloak, the cloak is stained and torn, Timothy, but winter's coming and I, I need its warmth. I need its warmth. I also need the books. You remember them, the ones I read under the candlelight as we rode out the rough waters of the Gean and endured the rigors of Macedonia together. I need those, I need those books. The scrolls, The scrolls, they they fed my mind with fresh bursts of hope and stimulating ideas. Bring those, my friend, bring those. But especially, I need the parchments. These are my most treasured possessions, Timothy. I need the comfort of King David's psalms and the fortitude from the prophet's pens and the insights and perceptions from Solomon's Proverbs, the parchments. They'll keep my heart warm. They'll keep my hopes high in this desolate place. But Timothy, most of all, I need you. I need you to make every effort to come. Be diligent. Come before winter. Come before winter's winds strip the leaves from the tree and send them whirling across the fields and swirling through the busy streets. Come. Come before the snow start falling and covers the flat carts and the frozen ponds with its icy blanket. Come, my friend. Because the time of my departure is at hand. Soon the sword will drop and time will be no more for me down here. And I can't bear the thought of a cold, hard winter without the warmth of our friendship. Your words that can help me get through this season. Make every effort. Make every effort. That's what Clarence McCartney would preach once a year. Winter, and you know the season. In the natural world, it's when the green disappears, when the running water becomes still and life hides and things crack and break and, and certainly as winter has come to this world and living things disappear, there is a winter that can come to a man or a woman's life. And do we not see that now? I ask you, look into the now. Don't we see this winter all around us? People are in trouble. A world is rocking and Reeling. Really. It's everywhere you look, in every corner of life, in every sphere of this world, wherever you look, you see winter. It's in the political realm. It's in the economic realm. Titans are gathering across the world to perform what they call the global reset, to permanently shape, reshape this world's economy. It's in the spiritual realm, the temperatures have plummeted. A chill has gripped our world. The riots and the uprisings and the anger and the frustration and the fear and the anxiety, the disunity and division. Can't you sense the winter settling in on this world? Jesus, in the Olivet Discourse, he cast a vision for what the last days were going to look like. He said in Matthew twenty-four, twelve. Because lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. That the roots of this wintry season, they're found in lawlessness. People cast off restraints. People mock and ignore God. It's not going to affect many, but the love of many will wax cold. The love of many. When lawlessness becomes the norm, the multitudes will grow cold. And we'll know we're in the wintry Season. No, they're not going to go from boiling water to ice in a moment, but gradually we cool down one degree at a time, and our fervency disappears and our passion dissipates. Those quiet times alone with God and His Word, those times spent on our knees praying, are going to be displaced by the crowds of life, those times of warm hearted compassion vanquished by the pride of life, the love of many will wax cold. We're there. Winter, winter is here. Some things in life, they must be done. They must be done or they will not be done. They must be done at the moment, in the moment, or they'll never happen. Seasons pass and the golden gate that's open now will be closed forever. The tide that is running high today ebbs tomorrow. Voices that speak now will be forever stilled. When the waters troubled by the angelic force in Bethesda, only those who entered at the right time would be healed. But when the season passed, it was gone. But still, still you wait. Still, you don't come. Still, you are preoccupied with the news and hope for a return to normalcy, lost in whatever thing that matters for the moment, but not in eternity. Paul put a time constraint on his son in the faith, Timothy, come before winter. Paul was in Rome, Timothy in Ephesus, voyages several hundred miles across the western Mediterranean. Paul said, you got to come quickly. If you're going to see me, you must do it now. Because the season for navigating the Mediterranean is going to be closed. Timothy, you've got an opportunity, but it's framed in the limitation of time and willingness. A young man once rose in his Bible class and spoke of the unlimited grace of God. And the professor asked him, where did you get the notion that grace was unlimited? And the student said, well, it says that the mercies of God are everlasting. The professor answered, said, yes, they are. But are you? Are you? God's mercy is everlasting, but our life on earth is not. Winter, winter has come. Winter has come. Life comes with these words stamped on it like urgent and Perishable and immediately and now act while you still have time. You you may have toured the Titanic exhibit featuring artifacts recovered from the floor of the North Atlantic in that ill-fated voyage. The first lifeboats that were lowered and left the ship had only a few passengers because people thought it was foolish to get into the boats. The Titanic was unsinkable. You, You may think your life is unsinkable. But you may may experience that same panic when you realize the perilous condition and the avenue of escape has been closed. A great opportunity came to you, but with a time limitation. It was after a Saxon king had put down a rebellion, he placed a burning candle in the castle window and sent out a message to all the rebels. He said, if you surrender and repent while the candle burns, you'll be forgiven and set free. After it goes out, it's too late. I sense the candle still burning in the window, a candle that has a limited life, a candle burning lower and lower, a candle saying, come home, come while the candle still burns, come while there's still a moment, still a chance. Opportunities come, but they have a time limitation. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. Augustine said it hundreds of years ago. God has promised forgiveness to your repentance, but He has not promised tomorrow to your procrastination. Delay can be so costly. It was in that Washington Irving story about Rip Van Winkle. He met some mysterious men who offered him something to drink, and Rip Van Winkle would say as he took a drink of their whiskey, I I won't count this one. I won't count this one. And although he didn't count, each one counted. And years later, when he awakened from his stupor, his wife, his kids were gone. Revolution had come. He'd slept through it. Precious things had been taken from him. We got to count. We've got to count our days. Every second counts. Every service counts. Every opportunity counts. Every devotion counts. Make this moment Count in your life. So I ask you this question Why not now? Why not in this moment? Why not here? This pandemic season has taken so many lives and it's taken so much life from our lives. You may have lost someone you love, but still you wait. You may have lost your job, your health, your business, but still, inexplicably, you delay. You struggle to keep up appearances, but you're haunted in the night and a whisper of gloom and dread hang over you. And you ask yourselves questions you never thought you would ask yourself. Why not act now? Why do you wait? Why do you delay? Come, Timothy. Timothy, come. Come one and all. Come before It's too late. There's just so little candle left burning. Can you sense it? So little time is left in this moment of hope. It's one of the most beloved parables in the Bible, if not the most beloved. The story of the prodigal son. You remember that story. It's a beautiful story. The young man left home, drawn by the lights of a distant city, lost everything he had there, penniless. Finally, he returns home. There he's welcome. There's a celebration and that warms our heart when we read that story, that you can come back home. How we love that story. It is the most beloved parable. And I've seen it lived out again and again. I've, been, I've had a chance to watch that. But I've also witnessed in this life some differences. The prodigals leave and they don't fall flat on their face. They achieve success in one degree or another. They may even think their success is because they left the restrictions and rules of home, that they abandoned the old way and the old paths for something new. And so they sort of feel justified. Their only regret may be that they didn't leave sooner. Yet I can't help but believe, especially in this season, because I've seen it way too many times, that they're contemplating the path home. That no matter how far it gets from where they once were, a thought crosses their mind, a sense that maybe I should be getting back to God, returning to an experience with him. And again, this is a point of departure from that beloved parable, because rather than rising and going, rather than rising and immediately repenting, many are just saying, well, not now, not now. I'll I'll do it my way. I'll decide the when, the where, the how, the who. I'm concerned that the story we love so much, the story of the prodigal, I'm I'm concerned it may give us a false sense of assurance that someday when the time is right, when I feel like it, I can always go back home. I mean, look at the prodigal he did. For many, this parable has been a great source of blessing, but for others, it's become a curse because they depend on this story. They depend on always having some future moment to make it right. I'll get it right then. Hey, don't sweat it, mom and dad. I I got this. Someday, someday I'll get it all sorted out. But do you? Do you really? Do you really think and believe and hope that someday it's going to be all right? Or could it be? This is the day. And now is the time of salvation. Because now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Don't depend on that story. Don't depend on the prodigal. You've got to respond while you yet have time, while there is a season for you to respond. Don't delay. Act so swiftly before the winter comes in your life. Come back to Jesus. Come back. Find me one place in the Bible where it says, come to Jesus tomorrow and I'll be silent. I won't pester you. I won't bother you. Find me one place in the Bible. It says tomorrow you can get things right. But it doesn't say that. It says that our life is as a vapor. It's as a grass that rises up and withers away. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to repent. Now is the time to step forward. Someone may be saying, I, I need to do this, but, but can I just tell you there's really no excuses left? Everyone. Even the most insensitive can sense that time is running out and the winter of tribulation is set to pounce on this world and great will be its misery. Don't let the grave, don't let this be the grave of lost opportunity. Don't let today be the season of a missed moment. It was midway through that message that Clarence McCartney preached come before winter. He would cry out each and every year, Oh, if the history of this church could be told, if these columns should cry out of the wall and the beam out of the timber should answer what a story they could tell of those who were not far from the kingdom of God, but today are far from it because when God said today, they said tomorrow. The old rabbi in the Talmud would instruct his students, repent the day before you die. But someone asked the old rabbi, "What?" Well, how shall I know when the day comes before I die? And the rabbi smiled and said, you will not know. So repent today. To I, to someone I'm asking, why not today? Why not now? Why not make that phone call? Why not reach out to that person who's prayed for you and believed in you and longed for you to make a change in your life? Why not open your heart to God? And open your heart to what he has in store for you. Why don't you turn the page on this chapter of your life? Why don't you be baptized? Why don't you go make an appointment? I'm going to be baptized. Why not raise your eyes to heaven and call out on God? Why not be filled with his presence and spirit? Come. Come home. Come before the snow falls. Come before it's too late. Come while the door yet remains open. There's this tiny, tiny sliver of candle still burning. Just a shard of hope that still shines. but We must respond. We must respond soon. Why not now? Why not now? I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to say a prayer. For, I just feel, I feel led to do this. Father, I come to you right now. For anyone that happens. To get this devotion. And be watching at the close here. Lord, I know, I know your coming is near and I can hear the thundering hoofbeats of those apocalyptic horses. We can sense the earth trembling and shaking before your approach. I'm asking right now, God, we need a space of grace for someone to heed the call. The spirit is speaking expressly. I believe, Lord, you're speaking Just as you disturbed me last night, I could not sleep. Lord, I believe that your voice, you're appearing in dreams, you're whispering. There are thoughts that are beginning to arise. There are old seeds of the kingdoms germinating in people's hearts. I'm asking you right now, Lord, let your presence fall on those individuals. God, you sent two angels. You sent two angels into Sodom and Gomorrah and you said that our world Is compared to the days of Lot and Sodom. God, whatever angels, whatever ministering spirits you so desire, Lord, let someone, let someone from heaven, an angel, let someone in the flesh take that prodigal by the hand. Let there be a divine rendezvous and intersection, Lord. I am praying for a total transformation. I am praying for old, long standing. Chronic prayer request, Lord. I'm praying now. Now is the season. Somebody, let somebody be baptized that's hearing this message. Let somebody be reclaimed and refilled by the spirit of God. Let them be renewed in their experience. Let them cast aside the shackles and the chains and let them be free today. Lord, let it happen today while your candle, while your candle still burns. And I ask those things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. Share with as many people as you feel you need to. And maybe, not possibly, most probably, something amazing is going to happen today. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being with us this week. I look forward to seeing you again come Monday morning. And may the Lord be with you. Why not now?